This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. In Guatemala, there are many reasons not to go outside at night. But if you're a beautiful young girl with long, dark hair and big, pretty eyes, the danger is even greater. A mysterious man lurks in the shadows, watching and waiting for his next love, his next victim. He will entrance her with his intoxicating musical serenade, and then wait for her patiently on the dark side of the spirit realm, while she wastes away before she goes to join him forever. Welcome to Freaky Folklore, the podcast where we discover the horrifying legends across the world and tell terrifying tales of monsters both ancient and modern. This week we are discussing El Sombreron, the man in the hat, a cautionary boogeyman from Guatemalan folklore. This show is part of the EerieCast Podcast Network. Find more terrifying tales at EerieCast.com. And be sure to follow us on Spotify or your favorite podcasting service. You can leave an honest review on iTunes, too. The more we get, the more we grow. And hopefully, the more monsters we can explore. You can now find Freaky Folklore videos on YouTube as well. If you would like to submit an encounter or suggestions for future episodes, you can email them to Carmen at gmail.com. That is C-A-R-M-A-N-C-A-R-R-I-O-N at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Twitter or Instagram for information on future episodes. Only one more week, Carlos announced over dinner, his voice laced with a mix of sadness and determination. We'll leave for Guatemala then. Adriana's fork clattered against her plate as the reality of their situation finally sunk in. She glanced around the table at her family, all trying to put on brave faces, but she couldn't hold back her anger any longer. Can't you find another job here in Colombia? Adriana demanded, her voice rising with every word. Why do we have to move? Adriana, it's not that simple, her father replied, his patience beginning to wear thin. Jobs are scarce, and we can't afford to wait around for an opportunity that might never come. But what about my friends, 
my life here. She continued, tears streaming down her face. You're tearing me away from everything I know. And for what? A chance at a better life? There's nothing for us in Guatemala. Enough. Carlos slammed his fist down on the table, silencing Adriana's protest. I know this is hard, mija, but we don't have a choice. We have to go where we can survive. Adriana stared at her plate, barely able to see through her tears. But even though she knew her father was right, it didn't make the pain any less real. Over the next few days, she watched as her family packed their belongings and prepared for the long journey ahead. Adriana, can you give me a hand with these boxes? Her mother asked as they packed up their small apartment. Sure, she muttered, grabbing a box and taping it shut with more force than necessary. Her anger simmered just beneath the surface, threatening to boil over at any moment. Sweetheart, I know you're upset, her mother began, but Adriana cut her off. Upset? That doesn't even begin to cover it. She snapped, tossing the tape dispenser onto the floor. I don't want to go to Guatemala. I want to stay here with my friends. Adriana, please, her mother pleaded, placing a hand on her arm. We're all trying our best to cope with this change. Your father is doing everything he can for us. Then why isn't he fighting to stay here? Adriana shot back, pulling her arm away from her mother's grasp. Or did he just give up like always? Adriana, that's enough! Carlos shouted, appearing in the doorway. Your mother and I are doing what we think is best for this family. You need to trust us and help, not make things harder. Fine, she spat, crossing her arms over her chest, but don't expect me to be happy about it. As the moving day approached, Adriana's resentment only grew. She spent every spare moment with her friends, trying to hold on to the life they had built together. But no matter how hard she tried to fight it, the inevitable was finally upon them. Goodbye, Columbia, she whispered as they pulled away from their apartment for the last time, her heart heavy with anger and grief. I'll never forgive you for this, Papa. The sun peeked over the horizon, its golden rays filtering through Adriana's bedroom window. She groaned and pulled the covers over her head, wanting nothing more than to block out the day. They had been here over a month now, and still she couldn't stop longing for her home and her friends in Colombia. Another day in this strange place that was supposed to be her home. Another day of wishing she was back in Bogota. With a sigh, Adriana forced herself out of bed and got ready for school. At least she had Diego, the boy who had taken her under his wing since she arrived. He made the loneliness a little more bearable. As Adriana walked to school, Diego pulled up beside her on his bike. Hola, Adriana. Como esta? He asked with a warm smile. Adriana shrugged, kicking a stone down the dirt road. Estoy bien. 
Diego frowned, clearly seeing through her lie. You're still having trouble settling in, aren't you? Adriana bit her lip and nodded. How could she even begin to explain what it felt like being torn away from everything she knew and loved? I'm sorry, Diego said softly. Moving to a new place is hard. But it will get easier, I promise. And I'm here for you. We're friends, remember? Adriana smiled at him gratefully. At least she had one friend. One person who made her feel a little less alone. In this foreign world where she was now supposed to call home. Gracias, Diego. You're a good friend. De nada, Diego grinned. Now come on, we'll be late for class. Adriana quickened her pace to catch up with Diego, taking comfort in the one bright spot in her new life. Maybe Guatemala wouldn't be so bad after all, as long as she had him by her side. That night, Adriana stood alone on the balcony of her family's new home, gazing up at the stars. The crickets chirped a melancholy tune, and the scent of jasmine drifted through the air. Though Diego's friendship helped ease her loneliness during the day, the nights were the hardest. Her thoughts drifted to her old room, her old friends, her old life that now seemed so far away. A faint melody drifted through the air, soft and melancholic. Adriana gripped the balcony railing, her heart racing. She knew that music. Every Latino child grew up hearing the legend of El Sombrerón. The music grew louder, more insistent, weaving a haunting spell. Adriana tried to back away from the balcony, but found herself transfixed by the melody. As the final notes faded, a figure emerged from the shadows. A man dressed all in black with a wide-brimmed hat and a mischievous grin. He stood in her garden, staring up at her balcony, his fingers poised over the frets of his guitar. Adriana opened her mouth to scream, but no sound emerged. She was frozen in place, trapped by the gaze of the dark figure who had stepped out of her childhood nightmares into reality. El Sembraron had come for her. Adriana gripped the balcony railing, her knuckles turning white. She tried to look away from El Sembraron's piercing gaze, but couldn't tear her eyes away. His fingers plucked a single note on the guitar, and a wave of peace washed over her, calming her frayed nerves. There's no need to be afraid, El Sombreron said, his voice as hypnotic as his music. I've come to take away your loneliness, your heartache, your longing for a home that is no more. Adriana wanted nothing more than to flee, but her body remained motionless. What do you want from me? She whispered. Simply to give you a gift, a chance to forget. El Sombrero's fingers danced across the frets, playing a few bars of a cheerful tune from her childhood in Colombia. Tears sprang to Adriana's eyes as memories flooded back. She could smell her mother's cooking, hear her father's laughter, 
for a brief moment, she was home again. I can give you more, El Sombrerone said softly. I can make this feeling last forever. All I ask for in return is your devotion. Adriana gripped the railing tighter, struggling to surface from the waking dream. She had to get away, had to warn someone about the danger lurking in the garden. But the music held her in its thrall, tempting her with the promise of blissful oblivion. What do you say? El Sombrerone asked, his grin widening. Will you be mine? Adriana opened her mouth, unsure of the answer that might emerge. Was forgetting worth the cost of her soul? She teetered on the edge of a precipice, ready to tumble into an abyss of no return. Adriana shook her head fiercely, breaking the spell. No! Leave me alone! El Sombrero's smile vanished. You will regret this decision. He strummed a harsh, jangling chord that set Adriana's teeth on edge. I will make you suffer for rejecting me. And when you come crawling back, begging for mercy, I will not be so generous in my offer. Adriana stumbled back into her room and slammed the balcony door shut, gasping for breath. Her heart pounded as she waited for El Sombrerone to burst through the glass, serenading her into madness. But after several minutes of silence, she dared to peek outside. The garden was empty. The music was gone. Only a single black feather drifted to the ground. The last trace of her spectral visitor. Adriana slumped against the wall, pulse racing. What had she done? In refusing El Sombrerone, she had unleashed his wrath. Now there would be no escape from the madness and torment he would inflict. She was doomed, and it was her own foolish choice that had sealed her fate. Her father tapped gently on her door. Adriana, are you all right? I thought I heard voices. Adriana opened the door, blinking back tears. How could she possibly explain what had just happened? Just talking to myself, she said with a brittle smile. Silly me. Carlos frowned, clearly unconvinced, but he didn't press her further instead giving her hand a comforting squeeze. Try to get some rest. Things will look better in the morning. Adriana managed a nod, watching him go with a pang of regret. If only she had listened to Diego's warnings about local superstitions. Now it was too late. The creature had her in his sights, and there would be no escape from El Sombrerone. Adriana lay in bed, listening to the steady chirp of crickets outside her window. A warm breeze carried the sweet scent of jasmine, but she took no comfort in it. Her thoughts were consumed by El Sombrerone and the malicious delight in his coal-black eyes. Somewhere in the distance, a faint melody drifted through the air. Adriana bolted upright, heart pounding. No, it couldn't be. Not again. 
The music grew louder, accompanied by a rustle of fabric and the click of boot heels on cobblestone. Adriana squeezed her eyes shut, clamping her hands over her ears, but it was no use. An irresistible compulsion seized her, drawing her towards the balcony like a moth to flame. She stumbled outside to find El Sombreron leaning casually against the railing, nimble fingers dancing across the frets of his guitar. His grin widened at the sight of her, pale and disheveled in her nightdress. You cannot escape me, mi amor, he purred, tilting his hat in mocking courtesy. Your fate is now entwined with mine, for better or for worse. But which will it be, I wonder? Adriana trembled under the intensity of his gaze, torn between terror and longing. She knew she should run, flee this monster who threatened to consume her very soul. Yet her feet remained rooted to the spot, as much a prisoner of his music as his malevolent charm. El Sombreron glided closer, trailing one skeletal finger down her cheek. So beautiful, he murmured, and so very alone, except for me. His touch seared like fire, igniting a slow burn of madness in her veins. Adriana squeezed her eyes shut as he pressed a searing kiss to her lips, surrendering herself to sweet, dangerous oblivion. The next morning, Adriana awoke feeling exhausted. She remembered the night before, but she told herself it had just been a nightmare. That was until she caught sight of the dark purple mark on her neck, left by El Sombreron's insistent lips. She shuddered, the memory of his touch sending a thrill of fear and desire down her spine. She knew she shouldn't want him, shouldn't let him consume her like this, but she couldn't resist the pull of his music, the lure of his supernatural charm. As the days wore on, El Sombreron continued to haunt her dreams, appearing in the shadows with his guitar and wicked smile. She tried to resist him, to ignore the alluring melody that beckoned her to his side, but it was no use. He was in her blood now, a dark addiction that she couldn't shake. That night, Adriana tossed and turned beneath her blankets as moonlight streamed through the window. Each time she drifted off, she glimpsed a shadowy figure in the corner of her room. Skeletal hands curled around a guitar. Each time she started awaking with a gasp, finding herself alone. She rubbed her gritty eyes and sat up with a moan. Hallucinations. Stress and exhaustion playing tricks on my mind. The floorboards creaked behind her. She whipped around to find El Sombreron gazing at her with pinprick eyes mere inches away. Adriana shrieked, scrambling back against the headboard. Her heart thudded wildly. How did you get in here? What do you want from me? I told you, dear one. I am here to guide you. The figure settled on the edge of her bed, 
mattress barely dipping under its weight. You seem distressed. Perhaps my music will soothe your troubled mind. Bony fingers plucked at guitar strings, emitting a strange off-key melody. The discordant tune wormed into Adriana's thoughts, stirring a sense of dread. She clamped her hands over her ears with a moan. Stop it! Leave me alone! She was torn between the fear of what she knew he wanted and her desire for him. The music faded. As you wish. El Sombrero rose and glided toward the door, pausing on the threshold. But I will return. You cannot escape me, Adriana. The door creaked shut behind the apparition, leaving Adriana huddled under the blankets as her heart pounded wildly in her chest. Hallucinations, she told herself again. But deep within, she feared she was no longer safe within her own home. El Sombrero's presence lingered at the edges of her thoughts. A malignant shadow she couldn't shake. She was no longer alone. The next morning, Adriana peered around every corner before exiting her room, half expecting to see El Sombrero lurking there. But the house was empty, sunlight filtering through the windows. She breathed a sigh of relief. Over breakfast, her mother eyed her with concern. You look exhausted, Miha. Did you sleep well? Adriana forced a smile and nodded. How could she tell her mother the truth? That she was being haunted by a malevolent spirit. And her nights were filled with terror instead of rest. Her mother would have her committed. You've seemed distressed lately, her mother said gently. I know the move has been difficult for you. If you want to talk about it, I'm fine, really. The lie tasted bitter on her tongue. Just adjusting. Her mother sighed. I worry about you, Adriana. You haven't been yourself since we left Columbia. Please promise me you'll tell me if there's something wrong. Adriana looked away. I promise. Another lie. She was alone in this, for who could possibly believe her? After her mother left for work, Adriana sat staring at the walls of her room, straining to hear the telltale creak of a guitar string or the rattle of bones, but the house remained silent. When a floorboard groaned behind her, she refused to turn around, squeezing her eyes shut. You're not really here. She whispered, Go away! A dry chuckle rattled in her ear. You cannot wish me away so easily. I am here to stay, dear one, as permanent as the shadows that cling to your soul. Cold spectral fingers trailed down her neck, and Adriana screamed. She whipped around, heart pounding, but El Sombrarone had vanished once more. His touch lingered like a brand, icy tendrils seeping into her skin. She rushed to wash away the feeling, scrubbing her neck raw under scalding water. When she finally emerged, steam billowing around her, the mirror was obscured, but not before she glimpsed another livid bruise forming on her throat. 
Adriana staggered back with a gasp. The bruise was in the shape of a handprint, purple black against her tan skin. She slapped a hand over it to hide the impossible mark, panic swelling in her chest. This couldn't be real. She was losing her mind, that was all. Yet no matter how she tried to rationalize it away, the ache in her neck remained, a grim reminder of El Sombrero's presence. The floorboards creaked behind her. Heart in her throat, Adriana turned to find El Sombrero leaning against the doorway, pale eyes gleaming. You cannot escape me, he purred, pushing off the doorframe. Adriana scrambled back as he prowled closer, skeletal fingers flexing. I will follow you to the ends of the earth, my love. There is no place you can hide where I will not find you. He reached for her, movements preternaturally fluid, and Adriana screamed. She blinked, and he was gone. But his threats echoed in her mind. There would be no escape. El Sombrerón would pursue her relentlessly, a specter of death, desire, and doom. Adriana sank to the floor, sobs racking her body. She was trapped, ensnared by a monster's obsession, and there was no way out. All she could do was delay the inevitable, hiding from the shadows and dreading each night that brought El Sombrerón closer, waiting, watching, wanting. Her fate was sealed. Adriana tossed and turned, unable to sleep. Her neck throbbed where El Sombrerón had marked her, a gruesome reminder of his claim. When the pale light filtered through the curtains, she dragged herself out of bed. Dark circles ringed her eyes. She winced at her reflection and tugged a scarf over the bruises mottling her throat. Adriana spent the next day scouring books on Guatemalan folklore, searching for answers. Many mentioned El Sombrerón, warning of his seductive nature and supernatural powers, but none explained how to be rid of him. Her frustration mounted until she hurled a book across the room with a shriek. A floorboard creaked behind her. Heart leaping into her throat, Adriana whipped around, but she was alone. Still, she sensed El Sombrero's presence. A chill in the air and a prickle on the back of her neck. There is no escape, my love. His voice purred, soft as silk and dark as sin. You are mine, now and forever. Adriana squeezed her eyes shut, refusing to look, refusing to see. Leave me alone, she sobbed. Just leave me alone. Silence fell. Then a cold, spectral hand brushed her cheek, and a pair of pale lips pressed against her throat. Never, El Sombrerón whispered. That night, Adriana tried not to sleep, hoping that sleep was what brought him to her, and if she could avoid it, she could ward him off. But soon, she nodded off. Adriana jerked awake with a gasp, tangled in sweat-soaked sheets. 
For a moment she lay still, chest heaving, listening for the telltale creak of a floorboard or a chill breath on her cheek. Silence. She was alone. It had only been a nightmare. Relief flooded through her, quickly replaced by anger at her own foolishness. There was no El Sombrerone. Her obsession with that ridiculous folktale had led to nothing but stress and sleepless nights. Enough was enough. She had to move on with her life. When Adriana emerged for breakfast, her mother's eyes widened in concern. You look more exhausted than ever, Miha. Are you sure you're sleeping well? Are you even sleeping at all? Adriana opened her mouth, intending to lie again, but she couldn't. She had kept the truth bottled up for too long, and it came pouring out in a flood of tears. Her parents listened with alarm and disbelief, exchanging worried glances. Oh, Adriana, her mother said, enveloping her in a hug. You should have told us. We could have helped you. You think I'm crazy, Adriana sobbed. Of course not, her father said firmly. You've been under a lot of stress. It's understandable that you might experience some unpleasant thoughts or feelings. But El Sombrerone isn't real. He can't actually hurt you. We're here for you, her mother added, rubbing Adriana's back. We'll get you the help you need. You're going to be okay. Adriana nodded, wiping her eyes. As her panic and shame receded, she realized her parents were right. El Sombrerone was a figment of her imagination, a symptom of her frayed mental state. With support, she could overcome this. Still, she couldn't quite silence the whisper in her mind. Never, his vow echoed through her thoughts, a malignant spirit refusing to be banished so easily. Adriana shuddered, wondering if El Sombrerone would truly never let her go. This episode is sponsored by June's Journey. What is horror to you? Monsters? Murder? Mystery? Well, if human monsters are your thing, June's Journey is the game for you, albeit in a more lighthearted tone. June's Journey is a hidden object game with a thrilling murder mystery set in the Roaring Twenties. You play as June on the hunt for your sister's murderer. Discover clues through exciting hidden object scenes with beautiful and atmospheric illustrations and music. Victory brings you closer to new plot points and suspenseful answers. When not hunting for clues, you can customize your own luxurious estate island with gardens, buildings, and decor. Or chat and play with or against other players too in the Detective Club, where you could even put your skills to the test in the Detective League. June's journey is both relaxing and fun to play. With my busy schedule, I find it's the perfect game to pick up and play whenever I've got a free moment. It doesn't demand too much time, and it's pretty satisfying solving puzzles quickly and unlocking new clues. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe 
Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. When I was a kid, if you didn't listen to your parents, they would almost always resort to scare tactics. It seemed to be a foolproof way to get your kid's attention. I know it got mine. I can still hear my mom say, if you don't be good, the boogeyman will get you. And it should come as no surprise that the first nightmare that I can recall and still remember to this day was the boogeyman dragging me underneath our old house. You can find a boogeyman in one form or another in every culture around the world, each with a different appearance and technique. One of the strangest boogeyman legends I have come across is from Guatemala, and he goes by the name El Sombreron. I like to call him the man in the hat. It's much easier for me to say. To get a visual image of this mysterious man, I will first give you the most common description. He is said to be very short and stocky, wears an elegant black suit with gold buttons, a thick belt with a shiny buckle, and on his feet, he wears huge boots with silver spurs. The man in the hat is said to be so short that he is often mistaken for a child. In some versions of the story, he is tall, but either way, tall or short, this hat-wearing dude is creepy. Now there is no description of his face, but for good reason. He wears a large black hat that covers most of his face and back. The man in the hat is not inherently evil but he will attack anyone who crosses his path. But he does have a particular taste that makes him somewhat unusual. One of the creepiest things about him is his obsession with long hair. He is so obsessed with long locks that he has been known to braid horses' manes and dogs' hair. But like any real creeper, his true obsession is with young virgins, especially girls with large dark eyes and long black hair. When he takes a special liking to a girl, he follows her, serenades her with his shiny silver guitar, and braids her hair. Only she can hear the song of El Sombreron. His special lady becomes entranced by his song and stops sleeping and eating until she begins to waste away. Once she departs this life, El Sombreron steals her soul to keep with him forever. El Sombreron, who travels around the city and its surrounding areas, first arrives at dusk with two enormous black hounds, to whom hefty chains are fastened. He attaches his cart full of coal pulled by mules to the house pole, where the woman he loves lives, unhooks his instrument, and begins singing and dancing. A particular Guatemalan folklore describes a young lady by the name of Susanna. She was a very attractive girl with long hair and large hazelnut eyes. A little man with a huge hat and a guitar unexpectedly approached Susanna as she was sitting on the balcony, admiring the sky one night during a full moon. He sang her a song because he was so mesmerized by how beautiful she was. But her parents overheard and told her to go inside. But she had trouble falling asleep after that, and El Sombreron kept showing up at her door or singing to her from the street. Worried and upset that their daughter was going outside so late, her parents put a stop to it 
But the man in the hat returned and serenaded her each night, making it impossible for her to sleep. And whenever her parents would try to feed her, she'd find the food had been contaminated with dirt. Fed up, the parents cut the girl's hair and had it blessed by a priest. This finally caused El Sombreron to go away. Here is another story of a victim of the man in the hat. It's about a girl named Selena. Selena had long wavy hair and large dark eyes. She was admired by all. Four mules appeared tied up at the post of their house one day around six in the afternoon. As two neighbors passed, one of them exclaimed, This is strange. Could these be the mules of El Sombreron? The other cried out, Lord save us, and they fled. Selena began to nod off at that moment as she felt unusually worn out. She began to hear a voice singing, You are a white dove, white as the lemon blossom. If you don't give me your word, I shall die of passion. After that, Selena eagerly anticipated the music that only she could hear every night. She gave in to her curiosity one day and peeked out of her window. She was shocked to see a tiny man singing and dancing with his silver guitar outside of her window, wearing very shiny black boots with gold spurs and a very enormous sombrero. Selena couldn't stop thinking about the little man. She refused to eat since all she wanted to do was hear his voice once more. El Sombreron is said to be a demon or goblin who visits his victims' bedrooms at night to braid their hair in fine, difficult-to-untangle braids, while seducing them with melodies, according to legend. He uses his music to slowly kill the women so he can still their souls for all time. He drives them insane. Finally, on the day of Saint Cecilia, the stunning Selena could no longer bear her melancholy and passed away. For the wake, her body was brought home. A dismal cry was heard suddenly. El Sombreron was singing to his beloved as she arrived with much anguish. His song went like this. Oh, oh, tomorrow when you leave, I shall meet you on the road to give you my handkerchief with tears and sighs. On the day of St. Cecilia, four mules are reportedly seen near her grave and a sweet voice can be heard singing according to those who claim to be able to see him. They also claim that as he sang, heavy tears began to fall from his eyes. So where did this creepy apparition come from? Most, if not all, of Guatemala's legends and folk tales date back to more than 200 years and usually take place on the outskirts of the city, but where this legend originated is purely speculative. El Sombrerón is thought to be one of the oldest legends in Guatemalan culture. But tales of El Sombrerón appear in Mexico, Colombia, and other Central and South American countries. The biggest distinction in El Sombrerón folklore typically relates to how his victim leaves with the evil spirit. Sometimes, if El Sombrerón finishes braiding the hair of the woman he loves, she will be permanently bound to him. According to other accounts, he only braids the woman's hair after she becomes pregnant, at which point it is too late to save her. 
Some people think El Sombrerón evolved from an old Mayan myth in which an old lady is pregnant by the grandson of the fertility god. Others believe of a tale of a Mayan family who sought the assistance of a brujo, or medicine man, in order to discipline their misbehaving son. They made the biggest hat they could, as instructed by the brujo, who then laced it with magic. After leaving the hat inside the house, the parents discovered their son struggling underneath it when they woke up one night. The son was constantly made fun of by the villagers because he was unable to remove the hat. He didn't become any taller as he got older, but he did get scarier. He learned how to become invisible, climb walls, and walk across ceilings using the magic from the hat. In the end, he made much worse trouble than before. Now, even though this story with the hat and the small child-sized man matches the legend somewhat, there is no mention for a love of girls with long hair and large eyes. But maybe that's where it started, and as he grew older, like any young boy, he became interested. El Sombrero's obsession with long hair and braids might suggest Mayan origin as well. Hair was utilized to indicate rank during the height of the classical Mayan civilization between 250 A.D. and 900 A.D. While the aristocracy wore their hair in long flowing ponytails, the average person had short hair. On important occasions, affluent women wore their hair in braids, decorated with ribbons and jewelry. We are conscious of the truth that different cultures and times have different ideas about what feminine beauty is and should be. It seems that El Sombrerón is aware of the fact that he has a thing for the long flowing dark hair and the braids to be made with it. The intended meaning of these stories, for example in Guatemala, where El Sombrerón tales are explicitly utilized as a warning for young ladies, not to fall for a guy and to listen to their parents' warnings about men, obscures the origins of the legend. However, given that El Sombrerón is thought to have originated in Latin America and expanded there as early as the 17th century, it should come as no surprise that there are more versions with lessons unique to those regions. In Colombia, while El Sombrerón is portrayed as less of a lady killer, he targets drunk men who are known to attack women or cheat on them. In these legends, he is more of a vigilante who saves women instead of kidnapping them. His appearance is much the same, except some versions of the legend give him a skull face that is never seen due to the large hat. Some believe that El Sombrerón first appeared in 1837 in the city of Medellin during an unusually cold and windy night. The winds were so fierce that many chose to shut themselves in and lock their windows and doors. But others, those who were said to be drunks and cheaters, left their homes in search of their vices. As the full moon shone bright, residents began to hear the clopping of a horse and the growls of rabid dogs. Those who dared to look saw El Sombrerón riding a black horse and holding chains that were attached to two large black dogs. As El Sombrerón wandered the streets, if he came upon a drunk or a cheater, he would unleash his dogs to attack the men. Those who lived claimed El Sombrerón had red eyes and a skeletal face. Those who weren't so lucky to escape the dogs were never heard from again. In Mexico, 
El Sombrerón is a much more violent version and is sometimes described as tall and skinny. Those who see El Sombrerón are frozen with fear and unable to speak. Unlike the Guatemalan or Colombian version, in Mexico, El Sombrerón is a defender of nature, but he is known to still chase after women. Once he has a woman under his spell, he will lead them into a cave or deep into the forest where they're never heard from again. Some versions of El Sombrerón in Mexico even have an origin for the spirit, claiming he was a thief who attacked those wandering the roads late at night. After he was captured by a band of vigilantes, instead of being taken to jail, he was tortured to death. His body was tossed along the same roads where he was once an assailant. With no one willing to bury him or pray for his soul, the man returned as El Sombrerón to continue his attacks and attempt to capture women's hearts. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So, whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So, download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The harsh, fluorescent lights of the kitchen stabbed at Adriana's eyes as she shuffled to the table. Her head pounded with each step, waves of dizziness threatening to topple her over. Adriana, you have to eat something, her mother Maria pleaded, sliding a bowl of oatmeal in front of her. Adriana stared at the lumpy mush, her stomach churning. She hadn't been able to keep anything down for days. The thought of forcing food past her lips made her throat clench. Mommy, please, I can't. Adriana rasped. Her voice was abandoning her, along with her appetite. Maria's eyes welled with tears as she took in Adriana's pale, gaunt face and dark circles under her eyes. This isn't normal, Adriana. You're fading away in front of my eyes. Adriana shook her head, instantly regretting the motion. The room spun and tilted. I'm fine. I'm just tired. You call this fine? Maria cried, gripping Adriana's hands. Adriana winced at her mother's touch. Her skin felt paper-thin and raw. Mommy, stop! Adriana said through gritted teeth. She needed to escape the glare of the lights the scent of the food turning her stomach. She needed the cool dark of her room. Maria's hands tightened around hers. I won't stop until you tell me what's wrong. Please, Adriana, you're scaring me. Adriana had tried to tell her parents, but they didn't believe her. They had blamed it on the stress of the mood. They said he wasn't real, that it was just nightmares. 
Adriana blinked back tears, hating herself for worrying her mother. It's nothing, Mommy, she lied. I just need rest. Maria searched her face, looking unconvinced, but she released Adriana's hand with a sigh. Go rest then, but this isn't over. I'm taking you to the doctor if you don't improve. Adriana nodded, relief flooding her. She had bought herself more time. Time to figure out how to escape the sinister grip that was slowly draining the life from her. She trudged up the stairs as Maria called after her. I love you, Adriana. Please get better. Adriana didn't have the heart to tell her that better was no longer an option. She was already gone. The next day, Maria made good on her threat and dragged Adriana to see Dr. Sophia, a psychiatrist recommended by Adriana's school counselor. Adriana slumped in the waiting room chair, glaring at the floor. This is unnecessary, she muttered. I won't lose you to whatever darkness is haunting you, Maria said fiercely. Not if there's anything I can do to stop it. When Dr. Sophia called them in, Adriana was surprised to find a kind-faced older woman regarding her over the rim of her glasses. It's a pleasure to meet you, Adriana, Dr. Sophia said. Your mother tells me you haven't been feeling well lately. Adriana shrugged, shooting a glance at her mother. I'm fine now. Dr. Sophia's gaze sharpened. Nightmares? Lack of appetite? Fatigue? Adriana stiffened. How did this woman know? She glanced between Dr. Sophia and her mother, feeling betrayed. Your symptoms suggest a psychological disturbance, Dr. Sophia said gently. But the good news is, we can treat it. You don't have to go through this alone. Adriana's hands curled into fists. A disturbance? She made it sound so clinical, like Adriana was just another patient with a list of symptoms to diagnose and cure. Little did she know the true evil Adriana was facing, or that there would be no escape this time. Her fate was sealed, as black as the void that was devouring her from within. Dr. Sophia leaned forward, gaze intent. Adriana, listen to me. Your mind is an incredibly powerful thing. It can influence your body in ways you don't even realize. When you're stressed or anxious, it often manifests physically, like the symptoms you've been experiencing. Adriana shifted, a flicker of unease stirring. Could it be true? But the melody, the whispers in her mind. I don't expect you to believe me yet, Dr. Sophia said gently. So let me give you an exercise to try. Close your eyes. Adriana hesitated, then complied. An uneasy darkness filled her vision. Breathe slowly and deeply. Feel the tension releasing from your body with every exhale. When you're ready, picture a calm, peaceful place, maybe a beach or a quiet meadow. Notice the sounds, the smells, the warmth of the sun on your skin. A spark of warmth flickered inside Adriana. She clung to it desperately, trying to ignore the insidious melody that threatened to drown it out. Very good, 
Dr. Sophia's voice was soft with approval. Whenever the darkness closes in, use this technique. It will help ground you in the present and ease your anxiety. You have the power to overcome this, Adriana. Don't lose hope. Adriana opened her eyes, a fragile hope kindling inside her. The melody seemed fainter now, as if it too had been banished by the light she had found. We'll continue our sessions to help build your coping skills, Dr. Sophia said, but you must make the choice each day to fight for your health and happiness. Do you understand? Adriana met her gaze and nodded. Yes, I understand. For the first time, she dared to believe that escape from her fate might truly be possible. The void within her stirred, as if in anger at this act of defiance, but Adriana stood firm against it. The darkness would not win, not if she had anything to say about it. That night, Adriana lay in bed, listening for the telltale melody that heralded El Sombrerón's approach. But all was silent. Her heart swelled with hope. The techniques Dr. Sophia had taught her, visualizing a peaceful place, focusing on her breathing, anchoring herself in the present moment. They were working. Emboldened, Adriana got out of bed and walked over to the mirror. For weeks, she hadn't been able to bear looking at her reflection, terrified of what she might see gazing back at her. Now she forced herself to look. Her eyes were clear, her skin its normal shade. No sign of the hideous transformation that had begun. Adriana breathed a sigh of relief. She wasn't too late. She could still save herself. But in the depths of the mirror, a flicker of movement caught her eye, a shadow passing behind her reflection, something pale and gaunt, with a wide grin and empty black eyes. Adriana screamed. She blinked and it was gone, but in that brief moment, she had seen the truth. No escape was possible. Her fate was sealed. El Sombrerón would come for her. No matter what she did, she was powerless to stop him. The melody started up again, louder and more insidious than ever. Adriana clapped her hands over her ears, but it was no use. The darkness was closing in, and this time, there was no escape. The shadows lengthened in Adriana's room as dusk approached. She sat by the window, gazing out at the overgrown garden below. The familiar melancholy settled over her once more. As the next few days passed, Adriana stopped eating altogether, and sleep was a thing of the past, as she barely moved from her place by the window. Adriana? Dr. Sophia's gentle voice interrupted her brooding. Adriana turned to see the psychiatrist standing in the doorway, a look of concern on her face. May I come in? Dr. Sophia asked. Adriana nodded silently. Your mother called me, she explained. Dr. Sophia sat down on the bed beside Adriana. I'm worried about you, she said. 
You seem to be withdrawing more and more into a world of your own. A dangerous world. Adriana bristled. You don't understand. You can't possibly understand. Help me understand then, Dr. Sophia said. Talk to me about El Sombrerón. Adriana's heart skipped a beat at the name. How did Dr. Sophia know? She shook her head and looked away. Dr. Sophia placed a hand on Adriana's arm. Adriana, you must listen to me. El Sombrerón is not what he seems. He will consume you if you let him. You must break free of his hold before it's too late. Adriana jerked away, anger flaring inside her. You know nothing. Leave me alone. But a small voice said inside her, Someone finally believes you. Dr. Sophia sighed and stood up. I'm trying to help you, Adriana. Please promise me you'll stay away from El Sombrerón. Adriana turned to the window, refusing to reply. After a moment, she heard Dr. Sophia leave the room, closing the door behind her with a soft click. As night fell, Adriana lay in bed, staring at the shadows dancing on the ceiling. The familiar melody drifted through the window, carried on the breeze along with the scent of orchids. Adriana's heart leapt as she recognized the song El Sombrerón always sang to her. She got out of bed and went to the window. There in the garden below stood the shadowy figure of El Sombrerón, his guitar sending out notes that wrapped themselves around Adriana's soul. Mi amor, he rasped, his voice like velvet and smoke. I have come for you at last. Adriana felt herself drifting, as if in a trance, down into El Sombrerón's waiting arms. His world of shadows and secrets, danger and delight, was calling her. And this time, she knew with a mixture of fear and joy, she would not be able to escape. Adriana found herself surrounded by shadows that seemed almost alive, twisting and turning all around her. An eerie purple light filtered through, illuminating El Sombrerón's angular features as he gazed down at her with his triumphant smile. You are mine now, mi amor, he purred, running a cold finger down her cheek. Adriana shivered but didn't pull away. Welcome to my world, the world of dreams and nightmares, of eternal twilight and haunting melody. Here you will stay and want for nothing else. Adriana glanced around, taking in the strange beauty of this place. Shadows flickered and danced, forming strange shapes that vanished as quickly as they appeared. An unearthly music filled the air, melancholic strains from El Sombrerón's guitar. There was a thrill of danger here, like the edge of a knife, but also a seductive mystery that drew Adriana in. She felt El Sombrerón's arm slip around her waist, pulling her close against him. A part of Adriana wanted to flee from this dark realm and the creature who ruled it. But another part of her wanted nothing more than to lose herself in the shadows, in the music, 
in El Sombrero's cold embrace. Do not be afraid, my love, El Sombrero murmured as Adriana tensed. This is your home now, and I will always keep you safe, as long as you are mine. Adriana gazed up at El Sombrero, her heart torn between fear and desire. She knew this was dangerous, knew she should leave this place behind, as Dr. Sophia had warned her. But the shadows were intoxicating, and El Sombrero's presence filled her with a twisted joy she had never known before. As El Sombrero began to sing again, his melody winding itself into Adriana's soul, she made her choice. She laid her head against his chest, closing her eyes and allowing the music to carry her away into the dream world of shadows, where she belonged. Thank you for listening to Freaky Folklore, the podcast about mankind's horrifying legends and myths. Don't forget to follow Freaky Folklore on Spotify and iTunes. If you can, leave the show an honest review on iTunes to help us grow. Freaky Folklore is part of the EerieCast Podcast Network, the home for listeners who love to feel scared. Go to EerieCast.com to find other terrifying podcasts, such as Unexplained Encounters, Destination Terror, Tales from the Break Room, and Redwood Bureau. If you would like to submit an encounter or suggestions for future episodes, you can email them to carmencarrion at gmail.com. That is C-A-R-M-A-N-C-A-R-R-I-O-N at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Twitter or Instagram for information on future episodes. Until next time, stay safe out there, because this world is a strange one.